Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 167. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner, or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful, and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Superstar on a Thursday. Hi, the devil are you? Have you had a good week? So jumping in as always, this week I have the very lovely Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) My pleasure. I'm excited too. I love these. I have to say, I, you actually, I think you're the last one I'm batching in this first batch. So, uh, you, I've done quite a few at this point and they've been amazing. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear all these amazing things that have come from it. So yeah, it's been ace. So I love your story. I love what you do and how you came about and that sort of thing. So can you share with my audience just to kick off with, as always, who you are and how you got to do what you're doing today? Okay, so obviously my name is Jennifer, Jennifer Gilmore, and before lockdown, um, my main work was being an author and advocate. I suppose I've got quite a few uh, projects happening now, um, but I have a love for community building, and that is has embedded in me, and I'll go into that, and that is what has got me to where I am today, having um, nurturing communities, building relationships with people, in business and in my personal life and having the right support network around me. Mm. So there are lots of strings to your bow. And and I think I've got to start with the the main one or the one, the author one. So tell us about that, if you don't mind, about 
what happened in your life and how you got to do kind of or how that came about yeah so um I was in an abusive relationship for several years and when I left that relationship I was supported by different services but there wasn't a law in place that would protect me um from that person and so I decided to write a book about the form of abuse that I was subjected to which is coercive control um and I published it as a work of fiction. And as you read it, you'll probably learn more about emotional abuse and coercive control than perhaps just reading the definition of what mm. that actually means. And for me, that it was just a way to get the message out to people who were potentially stuck in that relationship, but also to um, have people relate to my story and not feel so isolated. It's like the mm. first book is actually called Isolation Junction because you do feel quite um, alone. But even mm. within that, I've built um, a community as a part of that project. Mm. Um, so I guess, though, um, if it helps, I'd, I could talk about sort of the different areas of experience that I've had um, that leads me into building uh, different communities around different subjects because domestic abuse has been a really um, a community effort as well as mm. you know all the other um, projects that I'm involved with well one thing I do want you to talk about because you've talked to me about it before and I think it's really fascinating is how you got into business and how that helped you escape like mm. and and change your life which is not something that would necessarily spring to mind as a as something that someone in that situation would do so just explain that bit for my audience just so they can hear because I think it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, so when I was in that um, a relationship, something um, that became really difficult for me to do was to go to work. Um, I was just a retail assistant at a cinema. I really enjoyed the work because it was an escapism in itself anyway. But they there were problems with me going to work, whether it were colleagues I worked with, um, particular males, and obviously that's mm -hmm. a male-dominated industry, really. And there was just an amount of pressure. It's really hard to explain in a short term on the sort of impact it has on, on your life mm -hmm. and the restrictions that become apparent. Um, mm -hmm. But a simple example, I gave my male colleague friend a lift home from work and he would refuse to sit in the car for 24 hours because that man had been sat in the passenger seat so you can kind of imagine the level of abuse yeah. and so at first I reduced my hours so there wasn't a, that pressure on me and in the end it just became apparent that I wasn't going to be able to work and mm -hmm. I basically assisted his abuse by doing that because I thought I was preventing mm -hmm. um, so I set up my own business at home because I thought then how can he argue with that and yeah. literally in the early days, it was just selling baby gifts. So like completely yeah. different to what I do now. It was through the power of networking um, and meeting other mums in business that gave me um, confidence to have confidence in my business and in myself that started giving me the footsteps really to leaving that relationship. Mm. So business for me was a therapy at that time and escapism. But it also gave me the tools to start having that confidence in myself and knowing that I am worth, mm. you know, it and that I don't need to be dealing with that um, yeah. and coming out of that relationship. And I still have some those connections that I had in that relationship. I still have strong friendships and um, yeah. contact with those people um, from that time as well. 
that's huge. That is absolutely massive. Like this journey of running your own business is hard enough anyway, like at any level, you know, in terms of whether you've had help and support, whether you don't, whether you were single parent like I was, whether you're in a relationship like you were, running a business is hard. Add in those additional things. You would like, I think anybody listening to this would imagine that how can how can you be in that situation and then like you go into that and do that and that becomes your strength like it just doesn't seem to make sense it's like there are so many people out there I'm saying this really badly I'm not doing a very good job of being concise or what I'm trying to say but there are so many people out there who are terrified to start their own business are scared to take that leap are nervous about how it might happen or how they might look or whatever and you had a situation that just living life was hard enough and yet mm. you did that and that is by no means a small feat that is huge and then the fact that something that's so difficult became your saving grace like mm. because not only could you start earning money for yourself which obviously when you were in that position you couldn't earn money because you couldn't work you then started building this network of people that were different people and and you communicated to them in different ways rather than going out to work it was mm. I don't know how you feel about it but to me it feels like if you hadn't have done that I don't know where you'd be today yeah I think um that is probably you've probably hit the nail on the head there in terms of if I hadn't have taken the footsteps to connect with people and make new mm. friends that I had no idea what was going on behind closed doors then I, I don't think I would be where I am now and I wouldn't have escaped um, but if for me, yes, the business journey is really difficult. Mm. But for me, it wasn't about the money. It was about the mental escapism. So if you imagine it, he's, you know, we're in the living room on a night watching a film. He he was quite a bit of a gamer. So he'd play on the games. For me, mm. it was like, I'm going to go in the dining room and do some work. Like mm-hmm. it became a thing that I didn't have to worry about. But, you yeah. know, all those questions that you have as an entrepreneur in the beginning, like, you know, you don't even earn enough money to pay any rent. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I had him on top of that. So I had him yeah. saying, you don't even bring in any money. You don't even do this. What's the point? You know, um, yeah. you know, it looks rubbish. You don't take good photo. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes it. Da, 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 da. So I had a lot to contend with, but business networking. So meeting with mums in business, so I could take my children. I didn't have to worry yeah. about the childcare thing. Um, it was a perfect setup for me. And um, people said they loved it and it was an affordable price because to me, the small mm. amount of money I was asking was a big amount. So yeah. I learned a lot from that journey. And again, Huge. as an escapism, to have that mental escapism was worth everything, really. Mm. Um, obviously, it's changed a lot since then, but you know it's a it's a good story to sort of you know talk about one of the things that I did for the love though of whilst I was in that relationship aside from the business is I set up a Facebook group called Cheshire Mums now I set it up because I was a new mum and obviously the situation wasn't very good and I wanted to connect with other mums to ask those usual questions instead of mm. Google, perhaps, um, you know, ask um, why has my you know, baby got this rash or, you know, yeah. what, how can I put a good routine in? And um, that group still exists um, and it's still thriving. Um, obviously, yeah. I don't live in Cheshire anymore. But one thing that I did with that group is I said, let's all meet up in the park um, mm. in Grosvenor Park in Chester let's meet up for a picnic 
the first 30 families will have a goodie bag and the goodie bag had all different business gifts and leaflets mm. nobody paid to be in it it was just something I did and we had over 50 families turn up and Amazing. it was just it took up this space and for me that is you know a community element that has mm. come into each area of um, different projects I've worked on mm. um, but also if you think about the amount of re- like achievement for me having 50 mm. families at that time Huge. and he was with me it was like for oh, him wow, to I've accomplished that. something <laughs> yeah and 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 that's the other thing I was going to say you know we need that support I need you know I need my husband to pick me up on the days where I'm like oh man that didn't go as I thought or that wasn't great or I want to do more of this and this isn't happening but to not even have that at home is huge so for for you to achieve those things mm-hmm. that that must have been so immense but but one of the reasons you came on and, and you've alluded to it a little bit is is the fact that you have used Facebook groups multiple times in your businesses and your projects and how they've benefited but you did something um very early on in lockdown because obviously lockdown changed our world so <laughs> tell everybody what happened with this this group and what you've done here yeah so the Facebook community I set up um at the beginning of lockdown was for, for small businesses and I'm sure you will understand that at the beginning of lockdown um it was a case of oh my word, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I'm really worried, anxious. Is my business going to shut? We were thinking this is this is going to be the end of the line, especially because me and my husband both are self-employed and yeah. um, that <laughs> then really freaked That's me out. Yeah. And I didn't want to put this on a public profile. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to put it on our Facebook pages. I didn't want p- any pity. Um, and I also didn't want to get onto the Corona coaster, as we were calling it, and having yeah, this very negative kind of um, vibe and then up on yeah. the next. So I felt that, hang on, we can't be all, um, you know, we must be feeling similar things here. Me and my husband can't be the only businesses yeah, that are feeling really concerned about everything. And so we set up the small business networking group and it was just so we could moan in the room originally so we could um go this is rishi sunak's latest update this is yeah. da, 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 da. and then the next thing we know where um it was my birthday in at the end of march and we just did like i said does anyone want to jump on a zoom and like let's yeah. hang out and just for my birthday because that's how sad i was clearly and um hey, that's by- fine my birthday's the end of March. Sorry. I didn't say, but I did it. No, no, I did it on, um, I did it's it kind of as a private thing and said, you know, but we were like the first ones, I think. We were definitely the first lockdown Zoom parties. So yes. <laughs> it was um, cool then. <laughs> well, I only had like four people or five people turn up. So I was like, oh, really? I'm so unpopular. <laughs> um, but we made a TikTok out of it. We did the blinding lights. Um, TikTok dance that was big back then and everybody was having a laugh and people were asking can we do this again I know it was for your birthday so we started doing these alternative meetings just for um, Mm. fun really but networking came in not accidentally but naturally Mm. with it and um, we've done pop-up shops and um, we've got resources information opportunities all these different things um, and it became a hub and it was something that is a happy accident. Now that has probably more of a plan, <laughs> but yeah. I guess yeah. um, for me, um, it came from my natural 
community building um, side. Mm -hmm. So for years, I have done voluntary work. So from the age of 10, I volunteered at the Church Hall's um, Kids Club Tuck Shop. (laughs) And um, I even did a gap year in Leeds and worked with asylum seekers, um, children that had parents in prisons, went into the schools and listened to them read, worked with homeless. Um, I mean, who would choose a gap year? in Leeds in you know Leeds. just an hour just, down the road <laughs> you're like literally in my wow. head I was just thinking yeah, here in Leeds for those of you who don't know Leeds uh because you're listening from somewhere else in the world I mean, it's it's perfectly lovely. It's a lovely place, but when you choose a gap year in the UK, you normally go abroad. Normally, yeah, you normally go somewhere else. You don't go to and a have a party. A, a very <laughs> suburban-y city in in the north of England. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I did because that's me. That's and um, I went on and um, did youth work. So that was my actual mm. passion back then. Obviously, Cheshire Mums came into play, but I've also, and I've done, so I've taken communities, not just in the digital element, but in the physical element. I used to do a coffee, cake and craft session before lockdown for a a community. Um, And I've done plenty of networking and touching on the domestic abuse work. I've Mm. run a Twitter chat, which is obviously off um, Facebook, but that's a, a weekly Twitter chat. And there's a community around that and a support system, which is just amazing. And I think it's just this natural feeling for me that I've always done voluntary work and that has to be an element into it. And I guess if you're looking at building a community, you have to have um, to build with a purpose. And obviously, all of the projects that I've had have had a purpose. The small business networking is the purpose of... um, not feeling isolated again mm-hmm. and having that reassurance that you're not alone and we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you can also, also use communities as well to help your business. So it's not just a case of building your own, it's you know utilising yeah. good communities to build your business as well. And I think what's interesting is two things. One, you said you need a purpose for it and that purpose wasn't necessarily your own personal gain. Now, as we'll talk about the results in a sec, you know, you have gained things from it, mm. but you didn't start off with that. And I think that's really important. Um, mm. Not saying that you should never start a Facebook group because you want to turn it into business. It just, I just think your passion behind the reason really helped. And secondly, the proof of this is your thing. Like you are obviously very community led. You're very good in groups. I have to say, if I am in anybody else's group, I sit on the sidelines and I don't speak. Not for any reason, just that it's not how I communicate or Mm. I don't naturally go to that kind of group conversation. So you obviously have something in you. So I guess if you're listening to this and thinking, you know, do I have those characteristics? And I spoke to someone who did, uh, I did another small business interview with uh, Dr. Sarah. I'm going to forget Dr. Sarah's surname, but she's already been on by the time this airs. I'm going to have to look now because I hate getting things wrong. So Dr. Sarah Golding, thank you. I have to, have to go and check. Um, but um, but yeah, I did something with her and she talked about how her job didn't fit with her values. So if, if your values are that you're great with community and you're great pulling people together and you're a great, you know, person in person, to do that then who's to say you can't do that online through something like a Facebook group because again one thing I want to say and and have you comment on is a Facebook group is not like it's not a quick win no 
you've got to put work in yeah it's a lot of work um and I mean you know there's the questions to ask really I mean I'm seeing a lot recently that people are setting them up and they're almost using them the same as business pages that's yeah. not what facebook no. groups are about just no. because the reach is to be had facebook will get onto it and reduce that reach which is what's already happening mm. the whole point is if you think if that's why i'm using the term community because yeah. we can call it a facebook group and be you know it's just a group of people we're talking about a community element so it's about finding a topic or you know that's linked to your business so if you're um, a yoga instructor, maybe it's about setting up a well-being group. You know, mm. you're not com- you're not doing it to focus completely on your business. You're giving right. free gain to other businesses and other members of that group to be able to contribute. Mm. Um, and I think it's really difficult at the moment because there are a lot of groups that are just mm. used in in the wrong way. If you yeah. use it in the right way, you will see you know results and hopefully. Uh, mine can be a bit of an example yeah. of that really let's, let's talk about that so first off how many people do you now have in the group that you set up so I think we're at 4.5k but I would say oh that I would say that um I think 3.5k around that are active and that is a really good terms of engagement mm. and you know mm. people using the group rather than having a big number with hardly anybody engaging. You need to have engaging members. Um, and we realised that at one point, we'd, me and my husband both spent 50 hours for free in this group, like one week. That was like, this is crazy. We've spent 50 hours in a Facebook community and we have done nothing for our business ourselves. You know, originally we thought it was even if we're giving this time for free, um, maybe it will help our own businesses with reputation or whatever, and it'll come back a roundabout. So it was worth just that investment. But obviously that just completely changed when in at the end of May, we decided to open a membership. And mm-hmm. it really happened because we set up these alternative networking sessions. You come along, we have a really fun game. People are like, whoa, what have I just signed up for? And then we get to see people behind the business. So it's not formal um, and make natural referrals. And everybody has a really fun and it's energetic. And we made this uh, membership because we realized people were asking for more. And we were like, I don't know if we can actually give any more for for the zero, really. And we also realized that people were replicating what we were doing so (laughs) I quickly trademarked the name Latte and Live because we felt it was catchy and that's what everybody was talking about and we set up the founding membership back at the end of May beginning of June and we got 50 members within the first month and we did it for a very small affordable price because in my ethos (laughs) and my morals and the time of uh, lockdown we didn't feel like we wanted to put a, a big figure on it um, but all I can say is that m- I think 99.5% of those people are still with us because they see Amazing. how much value it has um, yeah. there. And it's just continued to obviously grow. Um, it didn't have a plan. It just had um, a purpose with a passion. And now mm. it has more of a structure and is being led in a different direction has given us a whole new business really in its own right. That's amazing. It's so good. And 
And like I said, I love the fact where it came from. I love the fact that it was uh, initially, it was a, I need this and I think other people need it too. And therefore we could be a great support for each other rather than a, hey, I know how. And it's not, and even if you did think, hey, I know, you know, this could be a great business. It's, you know, that's not a bad thing. It's just, you can't, I don't think the amount of effort you put in to love on these people is a lot if you're just doing it to get some financial gain at the end. I think you've got to think of how else you, you know, what that's doing and how you're serving and that sort of thing. So that's such a great, great way. And and you had, um, so then you had people come in and I came in and did one of your uh, <laughs> Latin lives. Was that the first? Yeah, you were the first Latte and Learn. So we, we do just right. once a month, like an online workshop. So yeah. then it's not just a, a networking group. We have workshops. We have opportunities then. And yes, I was so honoured that you came along and was my first. I was so excited. And they were a great team. And that's the other thing. You can feel it. You can feel when there's a nice community and there's a nice sense of community. And, and that's awesome. But honestly, that's such a great story. And, and like I said, for me, this isn't something you're going to do as a this has got to fit with you and your values. And if it doesn't, then don't worry about it. You know, Facebook groups might not be for you. That community building might not be for you. I guess I would, um, I would ask a few questions if you were thinking of open, opening a Facebook group for your business, you know, one, does it have a purpose? Um, Obviously Mm. we've spoken massively about that. Um, Two, do you actually want to invest the time in there for, mm-hmm. for no return, especially a lot in the beginning? It, beginning? it doesn't just happen overnight. It's, you know, months of work. Um, and, you know, that time is taken away from elsewhere, let's face it. Yeah. And it's also not just about the group and what's happening in it. It's the marketing of the group mm-hmm. and getting people in there as well. And then three, the other question would be... Um, have you asked other people what they think about your idea? And is there anything else already out there where you can gain inspiration from? Um, because there are a lot of networking groups. So yeah. then you've got to figure out how you're going to stand out from from the crowd, really, and what makes yeah. you different. Um, so I would say they're the, the first few questions, really, to, to sort of consider. Yeah. Um, and don't be scared the fact that I said we spent 50 hours a week in it that's just because we were clearly insane and had the lockdown but it does um, and we don't spend that much time a week um, anymore like that um, and of course outsource some of that yeah. with Teresa's yeah. help thank you um, <laughs> but the point is you know you do have to be willing um, yeah. you know to put that that out there um, so ask those questions first and see if it's a right fit for your business model because it's not the right fit for every business model yeah amazing 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 thank you so much Jennifer how can my audience come and find you and check you out you can find uh, Latte and Live um, just by typing it in Google um, and all the networks are this on, under the same tag You'll be able to find our free group via the Facebook page on there. Um, But it's called Small Business Networking and it's yellow and black. So it's hopefully you'll see the coffee cup and that you'll be in the right place. (laughs) And we will obviously make sure we hook up to it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for coming on, Jennifer. I really appreciate what you've shared with us today. Oh, no, it's been an absolute honour, seriously. (laughs) 
thank you. Okay, there we go. That was the amazing Jennifer talking about Facebook groups and how you can use that for your community and grow it. But I, I want to reiterate just that point of if it's not for you, it's not for you. I know I don't have a free group for that reason because I don't think I could put the time and effort in and it would confuse me with my paid group. And yeah, so it's not for me, but that's fine. Not everything's for everyone. So I'm going to leave you guys this week. I will be back on Monday with another episode as always. Have an amazing week and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 